it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Today, it is Tuesday, it is September 7th, and today, as you know, is the first day of what is commonly known and called Rosh Hashanah. So Rosh Hashanah is the first day of the seventh month in the Hebrew calendar. It is Yom Teruah, it is the blowing of the trumpets, and we're going to talk a little bit about it because also... Not only is this Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah, which we're going to get to the true meaning of what it is, not the rabbinical teaching necessarily, but the biblical Torah meaning, but we are also beginning a Shemitah year. So anybody out there that is uh, familiar with the Shemitah, it was a revelation that we received from Jonathan Kahn many years ago. It was in 2014, 2015 when we had a Shemitah year, and there is a mystery of the Shemitah, and there's a book that Jonathan Kahn wrote called The Mystery of the Shemitah that everybody should read. There is an extensive database of revelation, wisdom, and knowledge and understanding about the Shemitah year. It is known as the year of release, 
It's in uh, Leviticus chapter 20, th- 25. We're going to get to it here in just a little bit. We're going to talk a little more about the Shemitah. It's very important because it has to do with the economy and how on Shemitah years there's either a judgment or there's a blessing. And dependent upon the nation, one or the other will come. So what we desire personally, inwardly, intrinsically in our own lives is the blessing. We want the blessing, so we have to behave ourselves the best we can, the very best we can. But as far as a national reality, the Shemitah is a cycle of seven years. And as Jonathan Kahn wrote out in his book, it is absolutely phenomenal how during Shemitah years, incredible events are linked to them. World War I, World War II, the financial collapse in 1929. There are 9-11-2001, a Shemitah year. Uh, 2007, the housing market collapse in 2007, 2008. 2014, 2015, the beginning of the tetrad of blood red moons and solar eclipses and all kinds of other things. Well, we begin today with another Shemitah year with a lot of conversation and talk around the world, particularly on the Internet. They won't show you in the mainstream media about a financial collapse, a digital economy, the removal of cash, the changing of currencies, and a new world order of things coming into view, which is all biblically based. I mean, the new currency is a Bible reality. It's in the book of Revelation. We're going to look more into that as well. And so last night when the sun set, the feast of what we know it as Rosh Hashanah, or the blowing of the trumpets, the Yom Teruah, began. Today is the first day of Rosh Hashanah. So what is Rosh Hashanah? Many people teach that Rosh Hashanah is the new year, the civil new year calendar for the Jewish people. What we are in today is the seventh month, okay? So if you want to search it out, it is the seventh month, which we call Tishri. That's what began last night, and that's when the trumpets would have sounded last night, the blowing of the trumpets. And on this first day, Tishri, in the year 5781 is the real year that we are in. So put the number down on a piece of paper if you can. Just write the number 5781. That is the year. Now, according to rabbinical teaching in the civil year, they're going to change the calendar to 5782, which is not biblically accurate, okay? The new year does not come until the month Abib or Nisan. That is in Exodus chapter 12. In Exodus chapter 12, God tells Moses that the first day of the first month is the beginning of the new year, and that normally happens around March or April. So last March or April that we just had a few months ago began the year 5781. Now, I know that children go back to high school or school, let's say around September is the beginning of their new year, but it doesn't change the year. It's just the beginning of their season of going to school. Rabbinical teaching is telling us Rosh Hashanah is happy new year. Well, it's really not a new year according to scripture, the Torah. And so if we maintain the biblical view of the time that we're in, according to the Hebrew calendar, and there are some changes in the Hebrew calendar that need to be, uh, you know, talked about as we go. Some people say 220 years. 
240 missing years. There's a great conversation on that. We love it, and perhaps we could show a little bit more about it. What we know today is that it is the first day of the seventh month, Yom Teruah, the blowing of the trumpets. Now, these trumpets were the two silver trumpets, and these silver trumpets were given to the priests to blow to tell Israel what time it was. And as we get into the scriptures here in just a moment, we'll see that they were for the calling of assemblies. They were sounds for the feast days. Uh, there were alarms involved as well. And there were particular sounds of the trumpet. It had nothing to do with a new year. That, again, is rabbinical teaching. And we have to be honest, the rabbis have missed it before. They actually were intrinsic in killing the Messiah. Okay, so rabbis have made mistakes along the way. So it's not a big deal that people are all caught into the Messianic movement and they think that this is the new year and they're going to send gifts to everybody. It's not a new year according to Torah. What it is, is the beginning of the fall feast. It is a sound to the assembly of God all over the earth that it is time to get ready and prepare for the high holy day of what we call Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement. That'll be on the 10th day of the seventh month. And then, after that high holy day, when the people of Israel, or all who believe in Yeshua today, will present themselves and go to court that day. That's why it's a high holy day. Some will be declared guilty, some will be declared innocent, and the year ahead will be set, and God has a lot to say about that as well. Again, rabbinical teaching. But what we do know, it was the Day of Atonement, something we as Christians celebrate the atonement of our Lord Jesus Christ. Four days later begins the great Feast of Tabernacles. This has been the Hebrew calendar, and the Feast of Tabernacles will begin a joyful celebration of the people of God, focusing on what the Lord is doing, and the Fall Feast of Tabernacles, the greatest feast one that has never been fulfilled in its entirety, as Passover has been fulfilled, Pentecost has been fulfilled, or uh, the Feast of Weeks, or Shavuot, however you want to call it in the Old Testament. They've all been fulfilled, but the Feast of Tabernacles has yet to be fulfilled, and it will be fulfilled, and so we're still in rehearsal. And as a New Covenant people, we have access to this great feast if we want to take the time to dis uh, discover and explore its full meaning. So, today is a significant day. It is Yom Teruah. It is the blowing of the trumpets. It is the first day of the beginning of the final feast of the Lord. And uh, also connected uniquely to this moment is Shemitah. We have begun today a Shemitah year. Now, what is the Shemitah year? Well, Shemitah means, again, to release, and they get that from Deuteronomy chapter 15, Leviticus chapter 25, and what I'd like to do is go into the Deuteronomy chapter, and we'll go into Deuteronomy chapter 25 and take a peek at what's going on there. So let's go to Leviticus chapter 25, and I want to start in verse 3, and it says this. Well, let's go to verse 1, Leviticus 25, verse 1. The Lord spoke unto Moses in Mount Sinai, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, 
and say unto them, now you have to take, incorporate this, that was under the law, there was the Mount Sinai covenant, we're not under the law, we're not under the covenant, but God gave instructions to Moses for Israel during that time. But as you're going to see, these commandments stretch all the way back to the fourth day of creation, okay? This is a preserved purpose of God in the economy of God that was preserved under the law. Like the Sabbath, it existed before the law. The feast existed before the law. Tithe existed before the law. And then when the law came in Mount Sinai, these things that belonged to God before the law were preserved within the law. And then when Yeshua came and the age of grace began, these things continued on. They're not to be done away with. These things existed before the law of Moses. So God preserved them within. So let's take a look again. Speak unto the children of Israel, say unto them, when you come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. The land will keep a Sabbath. Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in the fruit thereof. So for six years the land is producing, where to be sowing, where to be reaping, verse Four, but in the seventh year, and that's where we are right now, shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. So this is for the Lord. The land is supposed to rest. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. Okay? So let's get a little bit deeper into the meaning here. Let's get into what it actually means that we want to keep the Sabbath when you come into the land, you shall, the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. All right, so in the seventh year, in verse four, but in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land again. Okay, that's important. A Sabbath for the Lord you don't sow, you don't prune your vineyard, that which grows of its own accord, in other words, now it's just growing, it's producing, of its own accord, of your harvest you shall not reap, neither gather the grapes of the vine undressed, for it is a year of rest unto the Lord. Now, the word rest is the Shabbaton, which everybody knows to be as the Sabbath, but it is a sabbatism or special holiday or holy day. It is. Uh, it comes from a deeper word here in the in the Hebrew, the Shabbat, right? And it talks about the Day of Atonement. It literally, in the definition, speaks. And this I thought was very interesting. It talks about the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of Tabernacles. And so the trumpets that were to be blown, the year of rest, is associated with the Feast of the Lord. So, verse 6 of Leviticus 25, the Sabbath of the land shall be meat for you, for you and for your servant, for your maid and for your hired servant, and for your stranger, the stranger that sojourns with you, and for your cattle and for the beast that are in thy land shall all the increase thereof be meat. So, really, if we go to Deuteronomy chapter 15, it kind of gives a, uh, another clarity um, about this. And there's so much to be said about the Feast of the Lord and this Sabbath. So let's see if I can get to uh, 
the Deuteronomy chapter 15, and I'll just pick it up in my Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 15, more instructions, okay? And that's what Torah is all about, was instructions. And this is the Mount Sinai instructions. And let's look at verse uh, 1 and 2. It says, at the end of every seven years, thou shalt make a release. All right, so let's put, here's where we're going to get the Shemitah from. So let's look at the word release. And so the word release in Deuteronomy 15.1, the Hebrew word 8051, or the letter, the number is 8051, okay, 8051. And that word release means Shemitah. That's the Hebrew Shemitah. And it means letting drop of exactions. In other words, it's a financial release. It's a remitting. It's a release from debt. Okay, this is really cool. A suspension of labor, a remission. And the Shemitah or the Shemitah comes from 8058, which is Shemat. And the Shemat means to release or to let drop or loose or rest. Uh, it is a to fling down. Um, you know what it's starting to sound like is a global reset in the financial markets. It sounds like a global reset. It has spiritual intrinsic value because our debts are forgiven. We are released from the condemnation, the guilt, the shame of the spiritual environment of the enemy against our soul. So we are stepping into the spiritual. And we always do this as a new covenant church, as believers. We understand what God gave to Israel in the natural, physical world. But we understand, like the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 5, he took the outward form of the Feast of Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and he took it into the depth of men's hearts. He spiritualized it in a proper way. Okay? And so all these things that were external and outward, you and I have access to in a spiritual way. So when we talk about a year of release, the Shemitah, let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 15, and here's what the word says. At the end of every seven years, you shall make a Shemitah, a release. And this is the manner of the release. Here's how it works. Every creditor that lends ought unto his neighbor shall release it. He shall not exact it of his neighbor or of his brother because it is called the Lord's release, the Lord's Shemitah. <clears throat> so at the end of seven years, whatever debts were owed were forgiven. They were released. You and I are released from the debt of our sin through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's the spiritual reality. That's the good news. All of our debts are forgiven. We can remember that in these Shemitahs. We can celebrate and recall that what Christ did, he paid the price. Remember, when Jesus was on the cross shedding his blood, he paid the price. That's Shemitah. The debt that we had towards the Father was forgiven. It was released. You and I have been released. Now, what better news is that? So, Externally, we have a promise that physical, financial burdens ought to be released in the Shemitah year. However, according to Jonathan Kahn in his book, The Mystery of the Shemitah, there's a dependency upon the condition of the heart of the nation or the condition of the heart of the church. And if the heart of the church is not in right standing with God, 
Well, we cannot expect the blessings. We will only receive what the world is about to receive. Now, I was just listening to a podcast today, this morning about the, uh, the financial collapse that is intended, uh, whereas the central bankers, those who control the banking system, who once shared it with the people that were voting, that's we the people, uh, they have basically, through what has happened with COVID-19, removed the, in, uh, the intentional uh, active participation of we the people in the financial system. Well, that has been completely stripped away. And the central bankers, the controllers of these things, of the money powers in the world, they have basically said, you guys are out, we're taking full control, and they are going to a digital system. Now, that's important because, as the podcast was saying, is if there is a digital system of financial transaction, that means every single transaction that will ever be made in the new system of things will be recorded. That means everybody that is going to deal, buy or sell, trade, get in the markets, do whatever, they're going to be monitored as to what their transactions are. Now, that sounds familiar and spooky because it moves us towards what the Bible calls the mark of the beast. And what the podcasters were saying is that all this stuff with COVID-19, all this conversation about vaccinations, all these things are really vaccination passports moving us towards that particular system. And so while many people don't believe that, you know, this is the mark of the beast, the vaccinations, COVID-19, all of that, uh, the vaccine passports, there's definitely a, an understanding that these things are leading to a system that you will not be able to use unless you partake of that system's mark. Okay, so we'll get into that in a little bit later. Um, so today is Rosh Hashanah. It is the first day of the seventh month, the blowing of the trumpet. We should now be aware that there is a great fall feast coming ahead of us. There's an awakening through the trumpets, okay? And we get ready for Yom Kippur. We get ready for the Day of Atonement, which is in the 10th day of the seventh month. And then we're preparing for the great feast of tabernacles. This is where God's people gather together to celebrate the feast. And this is an important time in the economy of God's people. It's an important time. You know, in the church age, we all get together on Sunday morning or Saturday evening, whenever people gather, and there's the Bible studies during the week, and the people of God have an opportunity to gather together several times a week and to keep the fellowship flowing, and this is a good thing. But when it comes to these particular feasts of the Lord, this is where God calls all the body of Christ to gather together. This is not always easy. Number one, their geographical differences. You're going to have feasts all over the world from Jerusalem, Israel, to the ends of the earth, the islands of the sea. People will be celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, then you have the diversity within Christendom today where people are not on the same page. They have different doctrines. They have different belief systems. Uh, people are doing things the way they think is right to do, and we don't have the same mind. We don't have the same judgment. We're not speaking the same thing, and everybody believes that their way is the right way. That's why it's really important to always follow the scripture because the mind of Christ is revealed therein. 
our conduct, everything we do, everything we say, everything we we go about to do must be spirit-led and confirmed by the Word of God. If everybody would just follow the Word of God, you would think there would be unity in the body of Christ. And yet you have 5,000 different denominations all preaching the same book, coming up with a different answer. This is the strategy of the demonic to divide and conquer. And you know and I know that this has been ongoing for a long time, but the Great Tribulation is going to resolve a lot of these issues. It's going to boil down back to people's heart condition. And so get ready. The pressure's coming. It's going to separate the wheat from the chaff, the sheep from the goats. It's going to purge and purify the hearts of those who want to go on with the Lord. There is a great sifting that is taking place right now. God is separating through crises, through judgment right now. It's going to increase as the pressure gets stronger and stronger. But the gold will be purified, and the dross will be purged from the life of a believer inwardly, intrinsically. This is what's going on. Every single one of us have to learn how to walk through the trial, walk through the temptation with calm delight and cheerfulness, employing our faith to go through the trial, to go low, let patience have her perfect work, so that we might be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Now, that should be the goal of all believers everywhere, and thus becoming the tabernacle of God, thus becoming the dwelling place of God, because he's not going to dwell in a tabernacle that's all confused. He's not going to dwell with thorns and thickets and briars and and uncleanness and corruption and depravity. He, He just won't do it. He sent the Holy Spirit in our lives to prepare a habitation. And this is the intrinsic value of everything the Bible talks about, the work of Christ on the cross. We are the tabernacle of God, but he will not dwell in an unsanctified tabernacle. Okay, now our humanity, God has overwhelmed our personal humanity with his grace and his glory. Just like they would put gold on the, uh, uh, forget the name of the wood, the shittim wood. Uh, They would build the tabernacle or the box with, and they would overlay it with gold. That was God's gold overlaying the wood nature of things. It's a type and shadow. So our human nature is under the golden glory of God's divine grace. And we ought to be happy about that. But beneath the scenes, underneath our skin, the Holy Spirit is at work to nullify and to crucify our old nature, to deal with the wood, hay, and stubble of our human existence. And the gold is covering But the work is being done until finally there will be a hallowed out place for the glory of God to dwell in us eternally. And there you got to rejoice. I mean, the, the purpose of God, the amazing counsel of the Lord, the mind of God, who has really known it, and yet we have access to the mysteries, and I think it's absolutely amazing. So today begins the year of Shemitah, the year of release. And this is something you and I need to capitalize on. You know what one of the great type and shadows of the year of release would be? Israel coming out of Egypt. Now, stay with me on this, please. Israel coming out of Egypt was a release. It was a release from their bondage. It was a release from their servitude. It was a release from their slavery. It was a release from Egypt. Now, the Egypt represents the entire world system. You and I, who are believers in Jesus Christ, have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We operate under a new system of government, Christ being our king, 
and we operate in the economy of the kingdom and not the economy of the world. That's why I've never personally, you probably haven't either, been interested in the world's economy. We operate out of the kingdom economy. We operate by faith in God's word, how he enables us to have all of our needs met according to his riches and glory. Jesus said, do not worry about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. In other words, God has an ability to get to every one of us what we need, and it may be in the employment of a job that he supplied. We should all be working and laboring in the cause that Christ has called us to. So we are in a moment where Israel's about to leave Egypt. The church, the ecclesia, is about to come out of the world. We could also call it Babylon. Come out of her, my people. Be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So whether we're coming out of the world system of Egypt, the world system of Babylon, where are we to go? Where are we to be separated? Well, what is dynamically interesting right now is that we still are in, not rabbinically speaking, but biblically speaking, we are still in the year 5781. In this Shemitah year, right now that begins, it's going to be a whole year, okay? The seventh year has begun today. Of all that the scriptures talk about, the seventh year. So the seventh year has begun. We are going to be in it. And then it says at the end of seven years, Okay, there's going to be a release, the end of seven years. So we're in the Shemitah, we're in the year of release, we're still in the year 5781. The rabbinical calendar is going to change to 5782. That's not biblically accurate, it's only rabbinically accurate. And the seventh month, Tishri, has nothing to do with the new year, it's only the seventh month. It's not the first month, it's the seventh month. Now, why is that important? Well, you have heard many times that the number in the Hebrew, and I'll put it in here just to have a little bit of fun right now, and I could bring it to your attention. So if I put in the number 5781 and I hit enter, here's what shows up in every Hebrew concordance. The number 5781, it shows the muaka, the muaka. And what the muaka means in the Hebrew is pressure. So 5781, according to the Hebrew concordance, is a time of pressure, figuratively, distress and affliction. Distress, affliction, pressure. And then it goes into a uaka, from the muaka to the uaka, which is the primitive root, and it means to pack your bags. In other words, to pack. It also means to be pressed. And it goes down to the aqua the aqua okay, in the Hebrew. And it means constraint and oppression. So let's put the number 5781, the year that we are now in and will be in until next spring, the spring of what the Gregorian calendar is 2022. So the year that we are in, and it's pretty interesting that this year that began in the spring has brought so much pressure, so much distress, so much affliction, so much constraint, so much oppression with people losing their jobs, social distancing, vaccinations, face masks, 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you could connect all the global events that you've been watching, you know, from 2020, 5780 going into 5781. It's just been nonstop turmoil. You know that and I know that. So it's pretty accurate. And yet it will remain 5781 until next spring, which tells me, I personally believe, that we're going to see in the months of November, December, January, February, an uptick of depopulation events taking place around the world. I really believe that a pressure is coming, constraint is coming, oppression is coming. So the constraint is going to come from global government, satanically inspired global government. Oppression is coming from satanically inspired global government. Uh, We're going to see the distress and the affliction, and I believe from November all the way through into the month of February, March, we're going to see massive population control. We're going to see the pressure. We're going to see it. Now, what the in, in the very midst of the 5781 is to pack, to pack your bags. In other words, the mystery in 5781 is to come out of for my people, pack your bags, get out of the way, get ready to go into the wilderness, find the place that God has called you to, because there, I mean, it'd be nice if there were a preacher of rapture, but there's not one biblically recorded in scripture. If there is one, praise the living God. If there's not one, there still remains a place of preservation, just like Israel coming out of Egypt, and it went into the wilderness, okay? So that's kind of a type and shadow of things. What is this? What is this? The Shemitah year, the year of release, is God is wanting to release his people from all things, spirit, soul, and body, so that we would be perfect and entire, no part unattended to, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. God is wanting to gather together a people in the same mind, the same heart, a people that want to go all the way with the Lord, a people who will allow the gospel to break them and to, um, what is it, to cause our lives to be under the strict control of the Holy Spirit of God until the cross has nullified all of our own wickedness, self-centeredness, self-will, the things that the cross is intended to do to get out of the way the things that are in the way of God's eternal purpose for each one of our lives. I believe that with all my heart. And the warfare is increasing. The spiritual, satanic, demonic release into the atmosphere is creating problems all over the world for the saints of God. This is no different than Lot living in Sodom and Gomorrah and his righteous soul being vexed every day by the filthy conduct of the wicked. Why would his righteous soul be vexed every day by the conduct of the wicked, the filthy conduct? Because the filthy conduct of the wicked releases demonic spirit and the demonic spirit fill the atmosphere. And if you're not under the blood of Jesus, if you're not put on the armor of God, you're kind of vulnerable to all that nastiness that's going on there. So God informs you and I in the new covenant to put on the full armor of God, stay under the blood covenant of Psalm 91, and we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. We desire to do it the right way. We want to do it the right way. And we're trying to get all these things cleared out and get centered and be focused and come into order and see the glory of God manifest in a many-membered body, an ecclesia of called out ones. So 
It's a major time in the economy of God today, wouldn't you say? Now, what is interesting, if I may, I want to go back, 5781, the Muaka, it has a mystery revealed there. What about 5782? Now, if 5781 is the year to pack your bags and get out of the way, all right, move to the place that God's called you to go to, what is 50? And because there's going to be constraint, there's going to be oppression, there's going to be affliction, there's going to be pressure, which is the Greek word thlipsis, which is the word tribulation, great tribulation, right? So what is the number 5782? What's going to happen between now and March or April, whatever the first day of the first month is in the Hebrew calendar? And I could find that in a second here. But 5782, when it happens in March or April, that word means through the idea of opening the eyes. It means to wake up. Do you think a lot of people are going to wake up at the end of these next five or six months as 5781 is still in power in God's word? Okay, do you think people are going to start waking up and recognizing that they're in something that they did not see coming? In other words, when Jesus said, pray that you be found worthy to escape, for as a snare shall it come upon the whole earth. Do you think that people, and they shall not escape, that people are going to wake up in the year 5782 when the tribulation period will really begin? Is it possible that the great tribulation is, is, is already beginning and we have six months to see things unveil themselves, Bible prophecy to be fulfilled, and people are going to wake up in a snared planet. They're going to be caught in the trap. It's coming from the idea of awakening, opening the eyes. Uh, it goes into, um, uh, there's a positive part of this too. Thank God there's a part of it. It's being a watcher. It's talking about the uh, guardian watchers, the angels. Uh, it's talking about, um, oh, there's so much to it. But one of the good things is it's a place guarded by walking or, or by waking or a watch. So there's a guarded place by the watchers for the elect of God who come out of her, my people, in the year 5781, pack their backs, come out. They wake up in the year ahead. They're not in the snare. They are outside the trap. Someone say praise the Lord. Now, in Revelation chapter 12, it talks about a woman going into the wilderness right prior to the great tribulation. The numbers are lining up. You might say the stars are lining up. It's a Shemitah year, which is a year of judgment if the heart of the nation is not right. The people that will honor the Lord will come out. They will escape. They will be separated. They will be taken care of. And everything else will go into bondage. Are you ready for this? Are you really preparing as a wise virgin? Or are you ignoring the words of God? And here's what Amos said in Amos chapter 8.11. He said, the time is coming. Let me read it to you out of Amos 8.11. And what I'd like to do is get that in here where God says, okay, so I want to get into Amos chapter 8.11. I taught on this this weekend. I think it's apropos for where we are right now. So in Amos chapter 8, verse 11, God says, behold, the days come. Behold, the days come 
saith the Lord. Okay, I want to get this in my, in my strongs as well. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Now, the word hearing in this context is a shama, shama. And that word means to hear, listen, in order to obey, okay? So if we go on a little into the definition, the shama means to hear intelligently. In other words, the people that are awake right now and are seeing the signs of the times and are packing their bags because they know that it's time to go out, they are hearing intelligently. A lot of people are not hearing the words of God intelligently. They're heaping teachers uh, to themselves, having itching ears for them to prophesy smooth things and tell them about their best life now kind of theory, okay? But the truth of the matter is, according to the word, is that God is going to send a famine on hearing intelligently with, uh, with the implication or what is implied is having a, paying attention and obedience to what you're hearing. See, in order, if you're really hearing intelligently what God has been saying and the signs of the times are showing up to kind of uh, prove that it's true, then you have been obedient to make your preparations for the time that we're in. But because God would send famine to people's hearing, they would not pay attention. They would not be in a position of obeying what the true word of the Lord is. And so they would have no discernment. It goes on. They would not listen. They would not regard. They would not obey. They will not understand. They will not understand. So there's a major lack of understanding of the times that we're living in right now. And the prophet Isaiah was sent to the nation of Israel to shut their ears, close their eyes, and harden their hearts. Wow, what a prophetic mantle, huh? Shut the ears of people, shut the eyes of people, harden their hearts. Well, I believe that that same mantle is operating in the world today in much of what we call Christendom. And I believe that many Christians are ignoring the word of the Lord. They're not paying attention, even though the signs are there, because they're not willing to take heed and obey what God said will be. And now it's rushing at us, and they will get caught in the snare because they're not going to hear. So what does he say? He says, I'm sending a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. So people are not going to hear the true words of the Lord. They have rejected the word of the Lord. They have gone about to hear something else that makes them feel better about themselves or whatever, but they're not hearing the words of the Lord. And what will happen? They shall wander from sea to sea. And from the north, even to the east, they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and they will not find it. Oh, they're going to hear a lot of stuff, but it's not going to be the word of the Lord to prepare for what's coming down the pike that will enable them to escape what's coming on the earth. They're going to keep going after. They're running all over the place. They go here, they go here, they run here, they run here. Oh, I heard the Lord say this, I heard the Lord say that, and they're following something. But it's not the word of the Lord to get ready for what's coming down the pike. It's not the word of the Lord to gather together and be as one in heart, mind, and judgment. No, it's something different. They're hearing. They're running everywhere. They're wandering from sea to sea, north to east. They run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord. 
but they don't find it because they don't want to hear the word of the Lord that will instruct them in righteousness and obedience. They do their own thing. This is hardship for those that are going to get caught in the snare. Verse 13, in that day shall the fair virgins, these are the unwise fair virgins. What is going to happen to them? In that day shall the fair virgins, the unwise virgins and young men are going to faint for thirst, thirst for the words of the Lord. You know, we could go through dry seasons in our lives, but that word of the Lord comes as a river of living water, and we are refreshed by it. Not just the uh, pseudo river of life or the counterfeit river of life that makes us feel good emotionally about what we're doing with our lives. We're talking about the true spirit of living water that brings life to us even as we're obeying the Lord and doing the hard thing and going against the flow of what's going on in the world today. Well, the fair virgins are going to faint for thirst. Wow. They're going to faint for thirst. So put it all together. Where are we? It's a Shemitah year. The Shemitah has begun. Began last night on Yom Teruah, the blowing of the trumpet, which was to awaken God's people to the feast days that lie ahead. It is not in God's calendar, in God's book, it is not the new year. You don't shift to 5782. You're still in 5781 until the first day of the first month of a new year, which let me show you in Exodus chapter 12. Let me just put it on here so you could get the good notes. Okay, 57. Uh, let's go to, we'll go to the first month. And this will show you exactly what the Bible says and not rabbinical teaching. So in Exodus chapter 12, Verse 1, Exodus 12, 1. Listen carefully to how God spoke to Moses to the children of Israel and the calendar that God gave to them. It says in Exodus 12, 1, The Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. What month is he talking about? Well, it goes on to say, Speak unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. So obviously we're talking about the Feast of Passover. Passover is in the month Abib or Nisan. They're one and the same. And that was the beginning of the month. So the first day of the first month, of a new year is in the spring. Now he goes on to say, uh, he shall keep it up to the 14th day. So we know on the 14th day of the first month, Nisan was Passover. We get that. And so you could go on down a little bit further here. And let's see if they give us what the first month is. Um, the beginning of months, the month of the year. He's going to tell us the exact part of it here. I haven't been here for a while. Talk, this is all about the unleavened bread. Uh, so it's, it's real simple that in God's calendar, a new year does not begin until the spring. Now, let me just do this. This may be helpful to us. I'll tell you exactly when the new spring is going to exist here. So if I go to our Hebrew calendar... And I want to type in, and today is the first day of Tishri, as I said. But if we move forward to, let's say, I'm going to go to the year 2022, and I'm going to go to the month of, 
uh, where do I want to go? I want to go, oh, I don't know. Let's get into the first day. I'm going to just get the first day um, of, what do I say, January. Okay, I'll go there. So uh, where do I want to be here? I want to go the first day. Let's go the first day of Nissan. That's where I want to be in the year 5782. I'm going to convert that. So on the calendar, April 2nd, 2022, you can write this down, April 2nd, 2022, will be the first day of the first month of the new year, 5782. There's a lot of twos in there, isn't there? So that will be the beginning of the new year, 5782, the awakening, wake up. Some are going to awaken um, to a reality that they are just not going to believe, kind of like what happened in 2020 when everything was shut down, but what's coming beyond these months. So we have the rest of September, October, November, December, January, February, March. We have seven months left in the year 5781 to get ready, to pack, to know what's coming. And I think we're going to see a lot of oppression, a lot of affliction and anguish and pressure coming in the next seven months. It's going to lead to April 2nd, 2022, which will be the first day of the first month of the new year 5782. What are you going to do with the next seven months? Is there, are, are you hearing the words of the Lord or are you having a famine of hearing? You just can't hear the true words of the Lord. So you're led about with every whim. You're led about by false spirits. You're led about by doctrines of demons. You're led about by your own imagination, your own emotion. You're saying, thus saith the Lord, but the Lord has never said it. Where are you? I mean, it's important to know. And again, measure it to the signs of the times, the word of God, the Holy Spirit, Wake up. I mean, there's some big stuff going on. So this is where we are in the economy of things. Uh, Leviticus chapter 25. I want to go back there for just a moment. Leviticus chapter, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Leviticus chapter 25. There were some scriptures here in verse 20 to 22 I wanted to read. So let's do that. Leviticus 25, 20 to 22. And here's what we read. And if you shall say, what shall we eat the seventh year? Now, this is regarding people that needed to trust the Lord in the agricultural economy of Israel. Gosh, if we don't sow our land in the seventh year, if we don't reap the fruit of our land, because that's what this release was all about, supposed to let the land rest. It was a Sabbath rest. Well, how do we trust the Lord? So here he says, and if you shall say, what shall we eat the seventh year? Behold, we shall not sow nor gather in our increase. Then I will command my blessings upon you in the sixth year. So God's saying, if you trust me in the sixth year, I'm going to command a blessing and it shall bring forth fruit for three years. So if we were operating in the economy of this message, the last year should have been an exponential release. Now, you're still in it, okay? But the seventh year has begun There should be a release for the next three years so you don't have to go into your land and sow your land and do all of that, according to this economy here. Now, we're under a better covenant with better promises. Don't ever forget that. We are under the new covenant, and there are spiritual meanings to all of these things. So he says, I'll command my blessing to you in the sixth year, and it shall bring forth fruit for three years. 
You shall sow the eighth year and eat of the old fruit until the ninth year, until her fruits come in the land. You shall eat the old store. In other words, I got you covered. I got you covered. Now, interesting times. Interesting times. Amazing times. And the most important thing to everything I've been talking about today is the condition of our hearts. There's no doubt that where we stand in our hearts is going to be the determining factor to which way we're going to go. Because there's a lot of things that are coming to blind the people of God. There's a famine coming. It's not just a food and water. I believe that there's going to be a famine of food and water. They're saying right now that more people in the United States of America are in danger of not having food than at any other time in the history of our nation. There's a food crisis around the world in our nation. So we're not excluding the famine of bread and water that will come because most people, if they have a 30-day supply, they're way ahead of the game. But most don't. Most people go from paycheck to paycheck, depending upon their job. 30 days is about what people can handle, unless they've been very blessed. Now, this too. So food and water famine, absolutely. But a more severe famine is of hearing the word of the Lord. I hope and I pray that what we're talking about today, that we're sharing today, that you can look at this, pray about it, and say, man, is this the word of the Lord? Is this the word of the Lord? Or is there some other word that we should be hearing from the Lord? You see, in our ministry, we seek to be very balanced. We continually talk about the harsh things because we don't want people to get swept away with the delusion of peace and safety. So we're constantly talking about what the Word of God says about the days we're living in with the signs confirming what we're saying. But to the ministry of God's people, we're always sharing about the year of restoration, reconciliation, recovery, healing, deliverance, salvation, the blessing of the Lord. We seek to maintain a perfect balance. And, you know, we, it, it's hard sometimes. It's just, it's, it's a very delicate balance to tell God's people that in the midst of chaos, you're going to have peace. In the midst of famine, you're going to have plenty. In the midst of trouble, you're going to have joy. In the midst of all that is going on in the world, you are separated under the Lord in the economy of the kingdom. You're not resting upon this world's system. Because if you do trust the world's system, it's sinking sand. The only foundation that will stand when the winds come and the waters flow and the waves beat against the house is the foundation of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. That's the only rock that will stand. And to build our lives on anything else is sinking sand. You know how that goes. And so we love the foundation. We love the rock. We love the kingdom. We love, and what is that? It's hearing the words of Jesus and doing them. It's hearing the words of Jesus and obeying them. It's not hearing the, the gospel of Jesus and then running around fornicating, using drugs, drinking, smoking, lying, cheating, cursing, swearing, you know, being, you know, angry, bitter, jealous, envy, you know, all these attitudes of the heart. That's not the foundation. The deception is he who hears the word of God and does not do it. He deceives himself. So when we see all this stuff going on in people that close, you know, calling themselves Christians that are not consistent with the word of God and obedience to do what Jesus said to do, 
Well, we have a major, major problem, and it's a big one, and it's going to be a very, very difficult time. And we're doing everything we know to do to shift, to keep yielding to the Lord, keep obeying the Lord, keep picking up the cross, keep doing the right thing. And none of us are claiming that we've done it perfect, that we've already arrived. These are critical times to get it right critical times to get it right. And everybody should beware of the company they're keeping because there are people that are joining chat groups and are doing all these different things. Bad company corrupts good manners. First Corinthians 15 tells us that there are people that we keep company with that are not really of the same mind and they will eventually corrupt you. Well, that's in first Corinthians chapter 15 and I'm just talking to the elect. That's all I'm doing is saying to the elect of God, you better be careful with who you're keeping company with, and you better be careful of what you dialogue you're having with people, because we're told right here in 1 Corinthians 15, let's see where we are. 1 Corinthians 15, let's go to... Uh, 30. It's around 31, I think it is. So let me just see where it says in verse 34, okay? 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Awake! That's that sound again, right? To righteousness. Saint of God, believer in Jesus Christ, Vincent Xavier, all true believers who love the Lord. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. Now listen what it says in verse 30. Uh, three, be not deceived. Listen, please. First Corinthians 15, 33, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. What is an evil communication? Devil with pitchfork and horns in his head? No. It's often the same serpent conversation that went on in the Garden of Eden. The devil did not come to Eve with a pitchfork and two things with blasphemous words. He came with a smooth tongue. He snowed everybody he talked to, right? He had the serpent's tongue. And so evil communications are people that come as angels of light. They speak smooth things, nice things, but they're not consistent with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the warning is, be not deceived. Communications, any communications that are not consistent with what the word of God calls us to, corrupt good manners. In other words, you could be corrupted by the people that you spend time with. You can be corrupted by people that do not obey the word of the Lord, but hear it, but they don't obey it because there's a famine, right? You could be corrupted. And you don't want to be corrupted, because if you get corrupted, you're going to follow them into the proverbial ditch, okay, of what's coming on the earth. You have to separate yourself to those whose communication are more like Malachi. And I'd like to read the book of Malachi, because this is awesome. It says in Malachi chapter 3, Malachi chapter 3, and we got to deal with some issues in the body of Christ that are just uh, frustrating the purpose of God and are putting people at risk quite frankly, but it says in verse 16 of Malachi chapter 3, then they that feared the Lord, you know, if you fear the Lord, you're not fornicating, smoking dope, drinking alcohol, committing fornication, 
you know, angry, bitter, envious, jealous. I mean, you're not operating in all that pride and arrogance and blasphemy. You don't do that, right, if you fear the Lord. You just don't do that. All right, so then they that feared the Lord, including bringing railing accusations against the elect of God, lying about the true people of God. This is coming from a spirit, but it says among the righteous, then they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another. Hallelujah. That's the communication we want to have with people. We want to commune with those that speak one to another that fear the Lord. You don't want to be around people that don't fear the Lord. They touch God's anointed. They do all kinds of crazy stuff. I would never want to do that, but never want to be in their position. But they spoke often one to another, they that feared the Lord, and the Lord hearkened and heard And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels and I will spare them as a man spares his own son that serves him, then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serves God and him that serves him not. In other words, God is saying, I'm going to spare those who fear me, who speak to one another of me, who have communications of righteousness and glory, and not this earthly, worldly, solical, mere yuck that has no value to it. I wanted to, I, I'm listening to those who fear me, who walk before me in obedience, who understand my heart and obey my word then they're going to become my jewels, and I'm going to spare them. Now, this is huge. The one side, there's evil communications that will sweep you away. Then there are righteous communications, keep you in the heart of God. Where do you dwell? It's a big question. That's really all I have to say. I'm going to go to the phone lines right now. If you happen to be tuning in, the number to call is 818-369-0326. And to those of you that are on the chat room, let me say good morning. Uh, we've been in YouTube jail, I guess they call it, for the last three weeks. They didn't like what we said about vaccinations or whatever. But we are broadcasting right now on YouTube under Vincent Xavier, on Facebook, and on Rev Media. And that is where you're going to really want to go to hear our broadcast. You have to go to OmegaRadio.org. OmegaRadio.org. Org. Okay, and just write that down, o- omegaradio.org. And when you get to our website, omegaradio.org, there's a watch live tab. That's where we're not being restricted. That's where we can say what we need to say as long as we're not getting crazy. All right, so you want to go to omegaradio.org. This way, when we move out of Facebook, we move out of YouTube, we're going to go on revmedia.org. We'll also be on Rumble, we'll be on Brighteon. We're getting away from these uh, narrative-controlled platforms where, you know, if you don't say what they want you to say, there's no longer freedom of speech. And who needs it, quite frankly, right? So anyways, to those of you who are listening today, I see Melissa Fletcher, who's going to be with us in a couple of weeks, Pastor Melissa, coming all the way from South Dakota to bring the word of the Lord. That's what we want to hear, the word of the Lord. Brenda Torville, good morning, Pastor Vincent and Pastor Patricia. Love you both. Brenda, we've never met you, but I sure do hope that during the Feast of Tabernacles, we will meet you, and God bless you, and we love you, too, in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Cindy Messman is with us this morning. Good morning, Cindy. God bless you. Thank you for all you do in the body of Christ. David Ellison, good morning. Good morning, David. Looking forward to seeing you and Nicole at the Feast of Tabernacles. Joyce Young is with us today. Good morning and good morning to Joyce. We've been praying for Ken and for Daryl and believing that both these men of God are going to come forth in better condition than they were just a day ago. We believe it. Charlotte Gotch is with us this morning. Good morning, Charlotte. Hopefully, we'll be able to meet you during the Feast of Tabernacles. Jody Keene from Florida. Good morning to Jody. You must be thrilled about the Shemitah year and Rosh Hashanah and some of the things we're talking about. Um, at least I believe that's where Jody's coming from in Florida. Lola Jarman, good morning. God bless. Thank you for the blessing, Lola, and God bless you. Tammy Ivey is with us. Blessings and greetings to my brothers and sisters. Shalom. Yes, Pastor, I do believe people are going to wake up caught in a snare because they have not been awakened. Praise the Lord. And Tammy went on to say, yes and amen. Bad company will corrupt you. God delivered me from this. Praise his name. Brethren, if you are in bad company, run. Don't walk. Run to the Lord and get out from among the bad company. Amen. Kevin Honeycutt, Pastor Kevin, another man of God that will be with us for the Feast of Tabernacles. Good morning, man of God. Last October, the Lord spoke to my spirit, infiltrators. Enjoying the program. Yep, there's infiltrators. They come into the church like wolves in sheep's clothing. God is sifting. God is shaking. God is removing. We're very thankful for that. And infiltrators always come as angels of light. They, they know how to snow a lot of people, but they're not snowing the Holy Spirit. Shirley Wolseley, good morning from Texas. Shirley, I'm hoping you and Mike are going to be with us in the Feast of Tabernacles. Good morning to you, and God bless you. Danielle Xavier, ma, morning, Papa. Hello, Athena Grace. Mwah. When are we going to see you? Danielle, Feast of Tabernacles, September 20th to the 27th. You and Athena should be here to celebrate the great feast. We love you. All right, so that's it. Any calls coming in? Any comments about what you heard today? You can share them at 818-369-0326. 818-369-0326. All right, so we are on September 7th, okay, September 7th, and it is... Rosh Hashanah, as they call it, or really Yom Teruah, the Feast of Trumpets, blew last night. It is the beginning of a Shemitah year, a year of release. You need to intrinsically apprehend the promises of the release so that you could be completely debt-free from everything and anything that the enemy tried to put on you. You could be set free, and we want that to happen in your life. Praise God. It's an amazing moment. We're in the year 5781. We'll be there for seven months. Seven months, less five days. Seven months, less five days, up until April 2nd. There's a lot that's going to happen in our world in the next seven months. This week, I'm going to be interviewing our lone missionaries from Honduras, uh, Brian and Kathy. I can't wait for them to share their testimony. They give the testimony of people that have gone out to serve the Lord and what they encountered in a third world country and how they're doing today. It's an amazing testimony. Uh, I was going to be talking with our sister, Tanya. Uh, there is a project, okay? There's a project I'll talk to you about in just a moment. I'm going to take my first call here this morning. Coming in from area code 605, all the way from South Dakota. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome 
to the broadcaster on Good the morning. air. Good morning. Hello, Kathy. <clears throat> yeah, I'm in agreement with what you're ministering today. You know, months ago, the Lord told me two things he want, was requiring of me. And he says, to be steadfast unto the Lord and obedient. Well, I am now understanding what these two words, especially steadfast. I've made up my mind. I am not going to worship no other God but God Almighty. And the Mm. pressure is coming that they want you to worship another God. And also, the obedience is so important. The Lord kind of showed me this, that you are where he wants you at all times. So that's what I've learned. Well, you're learning a lot. You've been through an incredible experience, and I know you're going to share a little bit about your experience when you come to the feast. We're looking forward to seeing you and Ken. Uh, What a testimony God has given you, Kathy. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yes, he brought me through. Uh, It was a near-death experience. Mm -hmm. Okay, Kathy, hold on one second. I need to do something. We're going to start all over again with you. I apologize. People were not hearing you. So I have on the line right now Kathy from South Dakota. Kathy, what did you say at the beginning of your conversation? Well, I said that there was two things the Lord told me several months ago. Uh, Two words came to me that he required of me, and they were to be steadfast unto the Lord and obedient. And I said, God, teach me what is steadfast. And the Lord says, you will serve one God only, and it's almighty, because the pressure is coming when people are going to be forced to serve another God. And then the obedience requires that we walk softly before the Lord, and we know where we're supposed to be at all times on a daily basis. That's it. That's huge. That is so big. And everything you just said really lines up with the oppression, the affliction, the things that are coming. Well said, Kathy. God bless you. Yep, and you, uh, thank you so much. All right, Kathy, we'll see her up in the Feast of Tabernacles. She just went through a life or death situation. She was near death. She was in the hospital near death just a few months ago, and she was going to die. And God brought her through and taught her some incredible lessons. We're going to actually hear those lessons during the Feast of Tabernacles as well. We have a lot lined up for the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, listen, I'm going to put down on on a banner right now for people that want to go to our websites, just in case you want to know where we're at, what we're doing. um, I want to share with you a number of websites that you could go to. And um, here's one of them. Okay, so if you uh, join us for the Feast of Tabernacles 2021, okay, you go to, and what you want to go to is nwmglobal.org for details. Okay, so you can go to nwmglobal.org for details. There's a Feast of Tabernacle 2021. Um, so take that particular website. I just went to it. It's, it's running. It's up. It's going forward. Um, and that's where you find out about New Wine Ministry. That's where you find out about the uh, work that we're doing and the Feast of Tabernacles 2021. So there's also another website. It's not only the NWM, but it is the one where you're going to be able to listen to us. And I'll just create the banner right now, and I'll put it as the 
www.theomegaradio.org, okay? So if you go to that um, right here, omegaradio.org, it's on the screen what it looks like. Uh, that's where you're going to be able to push the watch live or listen live. Uh, if you want to follow in the video, you can watch through the watch live tab, or you can go to the listen live tab. So we'll be there for you, omegaradio.org, and then, of course, the nwmglobal.org, which is, again, uh, the one that's on the screen right now, nwmglobal.org. Um, <clears throat> we're, we have a number of speakers, uh, Pastor Dave and Victoria from South Dakota, are here in the region right now, and um, we had an amazing time yesterday. I can't say another word, an amazing time yesterday, and it was glorious. So Pastor Dave, Victoria are going to be bringing the word of the Lord for the Feast of Tabernacles as long as everything stays normal in America. You know that in four days you have the 9-11 event. Some people are concerned about that. We'll see what time brings. Pretty confident God's going to have his Feast of Tabernacles. Um, and then also, uh, Pastor Melissa Fletcher and her husband, Chad, they serve as pastors in South Dakota. They're going to be speaking at the Feast of Tabernacles. And then Pastor Kevin Honeycutt and his family are coming to minister the word of God for the Feast of Tabernacles from Tennessee. And then Pastor Ken Maddox from Gateway Christian Fellowship in Fayetteville, he's bringing his team for the Feast of Tabernacles. We're going to be meeting Monday night, September 20th, at the Ark. It's going to be a glorious time. We're going to kick off the tabernacles there. The following morning, Tuesday morning, we'll be on the Ark again under the big tent. There'll be a light breakfast served. We'll have praise and worship. And then our first speaker. We've got several speakers. Pastor Michael Villarin will be speaking. Pastor Ken Wagner will be speaking. Uh, we have Patricia Joy Xavier will be speaking, who's really started this whole work. We'll get into that another time. Uh, we have a number of people that will be sharing the word of God under the tent and in the evenings. And every morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning, we will be at the ark. And that's where some of the greatest intimacy and fellowship takes place. And it's being prepared for the saints of God to come. Praise the Lord. And every evening, Tuesday evening, Monday evenings at the Ark, but Tuesday evening, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're going to be at our worship center in Bella Vista, and that's where we're going to have our praise and worship band teams and bands are going to get, I don't know what you call them today, they just gather and there's music and there's all kinds of great stuff that will be happening in the evenings. And by the way, after our morning gathering, we will be serving a full-blown lunch every afternoon at one o'clock after the Feast of Tabernacles gathering, praise, worship, and people will scatter and gather and walk and do what they do, um, but there will be a full-blown lunch. We're going to have a time of deliverance for people that are going to be coming on Wednesday. We're actually doing something we haven't done in a very long time, so there's some other things I, I don't want to get into right now, but it is a feast of joy, a feast of rest. We don't want to have 
consternation. We're just gathering now so we could enter into a time of rest and welcome the Feast of Tabernacles with joyful celebration. That's our heart's intention. That's what we desire. Joyful celebration of God's people gathering together who've come through this last year, and there's probably a lot to share of what's been going on in the last year. And, uh, and then we'll have open conversations, open discussions, open fellowship uh, as we sit together. It's going to be an amazing time. I really believe that the Lord will be in the very midst of what we're doing. He honors his feast. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. And I just really believe that he's got something to share with us, intrinsic value, strategy, destiny, uh, and really an equipping for what's coming ahead. Because if the next seven months are going to be what the word is showing, we need strategy and equipping and understanding. And so I believe it's a strategic time. And again, you are cordially invited to come. God bless you. There's a lot to the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, Maybe we'll talk more about it as we go. But more importantly, uh, we're getting close. All the information at omegaradio.org which will also connect you to nwmglobal.org, by the way, if you're having a hard time getting there. Uh, And then the Feast of Tabernacle tab 2021 is on. So waiting for your call, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're out there today, you have anything you would like to share, any comments you'd like to make, the number to call is 818-369-0326. And I'm putting that number up on the screen for anybody that's just listening or watching, 818-369-0326. Make sure you press one on your dial pad. Now, we're doing a lot of work right now, and uh, it's been an awesome thing to watch the body of Christ synchronize and move together. Um, And as we're we're getting things prepared and ready to go, uh, I just want to applaud the, the host ministry, those that are putting their hand to the plow, getting things ready. I just want to applaud you, and I just want to say thank you for your willingness to prepare for this great Feast of Tabernacles. And I am confident that the Lord will bless you for what you are doing, putting your hand to the plow. We are right now in the midst of a very large project. We are getting this project going, and it's coming from the heart of people. I can't talk about it right now, but it's a big project. It's a very large project. I was going to tell you about a conversation with a sister that came and visited us last week, um, but I'm not so sure how far I want to go into that conversation because it regards some pretty big stuff, and I think I want her to share that. So I'm going to leave that alone, Um, but it's intended to get to your ears so you can understand that there's another phase of preparation, and I'll just put it out there right now. There are 200 plus acres that are very close to uh, where this person lives or where they're going to be living, and uh, they want to prepare it as an ark as well. And they saw what we have done, and they're interested, and there's this 200 acres, which is about 20 of what we have done, 20. And uh, they have a great vision, and when there's time, uh, we'll share that vision. We'll let Tanya share the vision with you. And we met her and Brenda and some other great friends um, that have a work that they're going to do. So I'll leave that alone. We are involved in a project. I am asking that if you would like to supply a financial blessing, uh, not just to, for this radio broadcast, but 
to continue to get projects done. Um, if there's something God puts into your heart that you would sow into the work, uh, we are working and we are applying all financial blessing to the work that we have been doing now for several months. We're in the biggest pro- part of the project right now. And uh, I heard yesterday it's going to cost about $80,000, $80,000. That may sound a lot to a lot of people. Uh, I know to the Lord it's doable. And so if you want to sow into that $80,000 project, uh, on the ark, you are free to do so. We would welcome you to do so. Uh, there's already been a very large investment in our preparations for the ark. Praise the Lord. And if you want to supply, God bless you for doing it. And we thank you for doing it. It would be an awesome blessing. And may the Lord bless you for what you're doing. And please don't look at the number and say, oh, the money went. No, no, no. It's okay. It's just okay. The Lord He has given us a vision, and so he always brings the provision to get the work done. And so um, I'm going to leave it there for right now. I see some calls coming in, so that's really, really good. And I think I'm going to begin with our first call coming from area code 865 and say, good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning, Pastor Vincent. This is Pastor Kevin Hunnicutt from Tennessee. Well, Brother Kevin, how are you, sir? We are doing great. We just want to encourage the body of Christ. God is still doing great things. He's doing great things in the land for his people. Do not be discouraged. Keep your eyes open. Be wise. I've enjoyed what you have been saying. Be wise. Be wise. Be wise. And we are seeing, I will say this. We are seeing that term separation, separation. It's a process that's taking place now for those who are hearing what the Spirit saith to the church. There is a separation because there are some, sadly, uh, they've been ministers, they've been pastors, they've been preachers, et cetera, et cetera. They're not hearing. They're closing their churches. We had some this past week. I think we had nine to close their doors again. We had last week, I had two pastors call me and said, you ought to be ashamed for endangering your people. And I said, praise the Lord, and hung up and went away. Anyways, we are seeing this take place. And the great thing is, the best thing is, the wonderful thing is, as we keep our eyes steadfast on Yahshua, hallelujah, the great things are taking place. God is still saving. He's still healing. He's still delivering. He's performing the impossible, even though we do see there is a reality. And I love how you're bringing this out. There's a reality. There's things that are taking place around the world, not just here in America, and not just in a foreign country. This is global. And we are excited. September 20, we can't wait to be there. We're also watching the next couple days. We're watching leading up to there. But uh, believing the Lord that we're going to be all together for this outstanding time of fellowship, communion, information, and impartation. I mean to tell you, I've got excitement from my hands down to my shoes, brother. (laughs) And I'm feeling it come through the airwaves right now, Pastor Kevin. God bless you. I know you're bringing the word of the Lord. I can't wait to meet your family. God bless you. And, you know, just that little bit of conversation right there is inspiring. It is real. 
and it is true. And yeah. I, I, I just really believe that this year we have sent, been doing this for 31 years, Pastor Kevin. And I believe this year is going to be a breakthrough moment for the body of Christ. I truly believe. And Amen. we're preparing ourselves to receive that blessing as well. Amen. Amen. What else Amen. you got, man of God? Well, understand that while these things are happening, and it's not good things, it's not nice things. I've had people tell me years ago, I'll never forget it. Um, they said, the church will not be here when there's an ungodly law passed. They used to preach that all around this Bible Belt area where I'm at. And ever since then, we've had ungodly law after ungodly law being passed. We have leaders of this nation ungodly doing ungodly things, leading our country. And to, to, to some people just don't believe there are judgments that are actually in process now or that judgments are coming. They don't believe the great America can be shaken. But everybody is going to be shaken. But praise God, everybody's going to be stirred one way or the other. They're going to be stirred with fear, or they can be stirred with anointing and power of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God being established. We're seeing, we're seeing a lot of people. Uh, okay, we'll say like 100 people. Out of 100 people, we may have 25 that says, praise God, I've been, I've been woke up. The others are falling into fear. They're falling into worry. They're falling into the compromise and, and this, that. But that doesn't pers that don't dissuade us. We are not diminished. Hallelujah. As we go into something, God is not going to have somebody go into something so sad and fearful. Oh, my goodness. This. No, no. We're going into something. We're going rejoicing. We're going with a shout. The people in old times, in Old Testament, we could see whenever they was going through something, eventually, eventually, they come out with a shout. <laughs> and we're going to shout praises all the way, all the way, as our God will provide. We trust him. We hold to him. Our God has never failed. God will never fail you. He'll never leave you. And we are so excited as we are also preparing. We're preparing our hearts, our minds, our spirits. And we're preparing our homes. We're preparing our lands. We're being wise. We do not want to be the five foolish virgins. We want to be wise, Pastor. Amen. Amen. I'm just sitting back, man. Just keep it rolling. And with uh, this is a preview of the word of the Lord that's coming. I know God has strategy. And when you were talking about the shaking, I was with Pastor Dave yesterday. He was talking about the shaking as well. And when something shakes, it shifts things into a place. Yes. And in the shaking, yes. there are those who are going to be shaken into their high calling. And there are those who are going to be shaken out of uh, position where they're not functioning properly in the body of Christ. So this is a time of shaking. We should all take heed and praise God. I believe we're on the right side of the shaking. How about you? Amen. I'm believing it. That's why we come and we felt the call. We felt the need. We feel a desire. We feel a hunger. We feel an expectation. We feel a zeal for September 20 through September 27. We are so stirred. If we listen to other spirits or doctrines of devils, then we would never be there. We would never hear that. But thank God, hallelujah, we discern by the Spirit. Discernment is so needed right now. Discernment, spiritual discernment. And it don't just come. You've got to do something. You've got to have prayer. You've got to have fasting. You've got to have time in the Word. And 
You need that good godly fellowship, and I believe we're going to see something like we've not had before. And I'm so honored and privileged. I feel like a little tiny, tiny, tiny. I'm so excited. I can't hardly keep it out of me. I'm bubbling with joy. Woo! I'm in, bubbling with expectancy. Hallelujah. When expectancy is there, faith is there. When faith is there, the impossible can become possible. Hallelujah. And we are, I'm telling you, I'm just holding back. I'm so charged because I'm going to not only have the wonderful honor and privilege to say something, but the honor and privilege and joy and the love to just receive of what's coming. I don't know if everybody understands truly what's about to happen because we've had a shifting in the spirit. There's a shifting in the land. There's a shifting in the atmosphere. And I do believe we have a remnant. God's people is sensing something. They may not know exactly what it is. Some people do. But hallelujah, there is a shifting and yes, it's on the world side. Yes, it's revealing things. But yes, it is a shifting, and God's people were moving into another gear, Woo! getting ready to spin them wheels, not going nowhere, but we're moving forward into the safest place in the whole wide world. That that's the will of God. Woo! I feel it all over me, and we're excited. We can't wait to be there, Pastor. We're going to receive. My wife is encouraged. She's happy. My, my teenage girl, she's coming. And they're just, every day we're talking, Dad, what do you think is going to happen? I said, great things. My wife's saying, what do you think is going to happen at the ark? I said, great things. What do you think is going to happen at the, at the church service? Great things. What's going to happen when we have downtime? Great things. And, Pastor, we're seeing great things. God is doing great things in the land. We're seeing things happening over in Israel. We're seeing things happen around the world. So don't get sad. Don't get blue. Don't get fearful. Get excited. Get ready for this great impartation. And, Pastor, we are doing our best to get ready <laughs> for Amen. September 20 through September 27 for such a great time as this. What would be awesome is to see people from across the country, you know, wherever they are, they need to find a piece of tabernacles. It is a dynamic reality in the kingdom economy. And it would be so wonderful for God's people to find a genuine place where they can come and fellowship with other believers, break bread and yes. share and get the revelation and get the understanding of what God is doing right now. And just, the, again, the preview of what you're bringing forth, my God, it's it just, I feel like just sitting down, being quiet, sitting back and hushing up and let Brother Kevin Honeycutt, Pastor Kevin, have his way. In Jesus' name, through the Lord, I know that's true. So I am excited, too. And, um, you know, from pastoral, you know, uh, as, as we're talking on a pastoral uh, line here, I, I have some questions. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to Pastor Dave. I want to talk to some of the men and women of God, Pastor Melissa, Pastor Ken, about things mm -hmm. that are going on in the body of Christ and the, and the right way mm -hmm. to approach the issues. Uh, when God separates from, you know, an ecclesia, uh, what should the mm -hmm. response be of those who are being separated unto the Lord from those that are being separated from the Lord? Do those who are being separated unto the Lord, should they be reaching out from those that God has separated? I have questions. I've got good pastoral questions, and uh, I'm excited about all of them. But we'll talk about those offline on another day. <laughs> Anyways, anything yes, else, sir. Pastor Kevin? The people need to, during this time, make sure. 
Make sure you're tight with God. Make sure. Sometimes it might happen. You might get mad at your dog, your chicken, your family member, a politician. Don't get sidetracked. Make sure your focus is steadfast. And if there is wrong in your life, repent to God. Get the sin out. One of the greatest things I've seen, Pastor, is for God so loved. He loves his people. And he loves, if there's something we're seeing, we're having people come to the church services. And one of the greatest things they have in common, everyone has suffered great church hurt. They've been hurt from other places. They've been hurt from other ministries. And we're seeing how God is touching their hearts. They're hearing something. They're hearing a word. They're having that anointed word to draw them. And we're thanking the Lord for that. But we cannot be effective. If we are affected by what we see, we've got to stay focused, stay there, even no matter who you are. If you've made a mistake, make it right with God. Don't let it stay long. Put it under the blood whoo, and get ready for the great things God has in store for your life. Pastor, there are so many people. I don't want to take up no more time. People have gifts. People have talents. People have abilities. We've been saying this, and I want to say this over the air right now. I need you to survive. That's what we're telling the body of Christ. That's what we're telling every minister that we can. I need you to survive. We love you. We're excited. Stay focused. We'll be listening. my friend. All right. God bless you. Pastor Kevin Honeycutt all the way from Tennessee joining us today. It's going to be explosive. I know it is. And, you know, he quickened something in my heart. And, again, the number to call, 818-369-0326. Pastor Kevin just quickened something in my heart. I want to pray. I want to pray for you. I want to pray because what I, here's what I believe that what I heard coming out of my spirit today, I hear warnings, okay, not condemnations. And, you know, nobody here is passing the eternal line of judgment on anybody, but I hear warnings. And we are to judge all things. And the things that I am judging from my point of view, um, I sense a warning. And I want to pray for those who are hearing the warning, don't harden your heart. Repent. Stop doing what you're doing against the Lord, whatever that is. And if there's a Holy Spirit conviction in your heart, pay attention to that Holy Spirit conviction. If there's no conviction whatsoever, one of two things, you didn't do anything or your heart is so hard and you couldn't hear God if he was standing right next to you. So don't make, make sure your heart's not hard and judge your heart. Are you bitter? Do you have hate, anger? Uh, you know, what lifestyle have you been living? Has it been righteous? Has it been unrighteous? You have to be the judge. But my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would grant a gift of repentance upon those who are being warned so that they wouldn't fall into what has been spoken. And wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever that's all about, um, you know, that's to you. And for the those of you who are walking uprightly before the Lord, I get ready. We're going to have an amazing season, I believe, what was just said. I see Autumn Nichols is with us out there. Ungodly New World Order Church is out there, too. Now, you can say that again. Um, Autumn is looking for buying a smaller piece of land to build an off-grid container home with a larger community. All right. Thanks for sharing that publicly. God bless you. If we could be of any service, Autumn, just give us a call. Let us know what we can do. All right. And let's see, where else are we? I think we're good. 
And it's 1030. We're going to say goodbye. God bless you. And remember, our websites. Now, I'm on, uh, what am I on? Explorer and uh, Google, whatever. And the websites do work there. Uh, NWMGlobal.org and OmegaRadio.org. We have a very busy day ahead of us. Lots of work to do. Bible study tonight. We'll see you tomorrow morning. I'm still working on an interview with Pastor Daniel Steckham who has been in Australia, we need to hear from him as to what these days of debacle have meant and how he has gone through and what he's thinking. Our dear brother, who we've had here for the Feast of Tabernacles for several years, is not able to be here. And that's really sad. But maybe we could get him to talk to us online during one of our gatherings together. That's part of the plan. We'll talk to you later. This is Pastor Vince. Shalom, everybody. Any questions, any comments about anything that we do, you could just get in touch with us. We have a website. We have email. We have text. We have phone numbers. They're all available, easy to find us. We're not hiding from anybody. God bless you. Have a great day. Shalom. Right now, Omega Radio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a roundtable discussion with Patricia Joy Xavier. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.